This is Kevin Brooker. We are cruising through retirement. On today's show, we're going to look at what you should do, and in some cases shouldn't do, when it comes to withdrawing money from your retirement accounts. Doing it the wrong way could really cost you tens of thousands of dollars over time. We're going to help you sort it out. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin, of course, a fiduciary and investment advisor representative, the IAR designation. 30 years, he's been helping folks get to and through retirement. Find him at Silverleaf Financial. Check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. He's an author. He wrote The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. We haven't talked about that in a bit. Hey, Kevin, how's no. it going? Oh, it's going very well, Steve. I always enjoy being here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, we haven't really talked about your book much uh, in the last couple of shows. No, no. You know what? We haven't. And, and it's because there's, there's been so much to talk about, right? Well, I mean, yeah. It's not like there's nothing going on in the financial every, world. <laughs> every every day there's something new, and Congress likes to tinker with the rules and change the laws. And so we have uh, a lot to do to stay on top of it. Uh, but you're right. We haven't talked about the book lately. And, guys, if this is something you'd like, just go to my website. You can sign up for the book right there. Um, you know, I can send you an electronic copy or I can do it the old fashioned way with a physical copy, whatever you prefer. Um, but by all means, go to the website, silverleaffinancial.com. And it's on the homepage right there. Just scroll down and you can put in your information and, uh, and, and we'll take it from there. Um, but you know what the book really what it's about is, is helping people uh, put together ways, strategies, if you will, uh, where they can use the money that they have now and we can set it up so it's available for long term care if they need it. And if they do need it, we can do it in a way that the, that the money can be used on a tax-free basis. And so if you think about the cost of long-term care, guys, I know everybody that's, that's looked into it, you, you probably realize that right now the cost for a private, you know, a private room at one of these facilities could easily be over $100,000 a year. Um, and, you know, it, and it does vary by location. But, you know, so if it's a couple, I mean, you could be looking at $200,000 a year if that need comes up. The typical... Uh, I guess the average period of time somebody's in one of those places is about two and a half years. So you can look at it at a significant expense. And so if you're able to save the taxes on it, that could save you a significant amount of money. Sure. So that's that's one of the things we're trying to do with the book. All right. Well, I like that. So again, silverleaffinancial.com. That's your first step in getting that book. Also, you can connect with Kevin that way too. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, yeah, taking money out of our retirement accounts, there are definitely some things to do and some things not to do. We've talked about a lot of them here. And I know that you as an advisor, you're not making promises to anybody, but we've also talked that it's worth every penny working with a fiduciary, independent advisor with, with experience. You, you really get what you pay for. No, you, you know what? And I, and, I, and I don't think that can be said often enough, personally. Sure. Because <laughs> you know, the, the study, uh, we, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the show, and I uh, the name of the group that did the study is failing me right now. Um, but but the research studies that have come out, they they look at people that have worked with an advisor versus those that haven't. And and the results show about a 2 to 3% average increase in, in, for, in the rate of return uh, of the accounts that are working with the advisor versus not. And, and maybe 2 or 3% doesn't sound significant to anybody. 
But you got to remember that's compound. You want to compound that over what should be years. A multi-year relationship is what most people will have with their advisor. Uh, and that's one thing that I really take pride in. A lot of my clients, you know, the majority of them have been with me more than a decade and, and a lot of them over 20 years. And, and I have to believe that's because we have a good relationship and they're happy with how things are going. Um, you know, if, if it, and, and I, and I actually asked them and, and surveyed them to ask them if I'm not missing anything. Uh, but guys, I think the key to it is a good relationship, right? You want to have a good relationship. And if you have a good relationship with your advisor and you're able to see two or 3% return, excess, re, extra, you know, excess returns every year over that relationship, that could be a significant amount of money. Um, you know, but it's not just about the returns and the growth of your account, right? Right. It's about, it's about helping you to minimize taxes. You know, like we're talking about here. When you start to get to the point, let's say you're retired and you're 65, right? Um, and let's say you're not taking Social Security because you decided you want to wait because you know it goes up almost 8% every year you wait. And so you want to wait until you're 70 to start taking it, but you're retired and you don't have that paycheck coming in. So what are you doing for income, right? Yes. Um, you, and you could look at all your different retirement accounts, your 401k, your IRA, your Roth IRA. Uh, and you know what we're going to suggest, what I'm going to suggest in most cases is to take it from your regular investment account first, all right? Because the I like the tax deferred accounts, you know, the IRA uh, and your 401k are tax deferred, you know, so, so you don't pay taxes while it's growing, but you are gonna pay taxes when you pull it out and you're gonna pay taxes at the income tax level, okay? As opposed to capital gains tax rates. So what we wanna do initially is, is my suggestion is to let the tax deferred accounts grow, let the Roth for sure grow as long as you can because that's tax free, um, you know, so try to let those go as long as you can and try to just live off of money that you can take out of your other investment accounts. And uh, I think that's going to save you a lot of money in taxes and it's going to allow those other accounts to grow that much more and compound that interest that much more over time by leaving them grow as long as you can. And that's what we want. Obviously, we want to have as much money as we can getting into retirement because we don't know how long we're going to live it's, and we got to make no. that money last. Yeah. You, you, you know what? I think a lot of people make a mistake of thinking their retirement might only be 15 or 20 years. All right. And, and yes, of course, that's possible with anybody. Sure. None of us know. None of us know. Right. Um, and, but, I, but I really think it's important. What I like to suggest, guys, what I like to suggest to everybody is to look at your, you know, the life expectancy in your family. Look at, you know, the age that your parents, you know, when, at what age did your parents die? Uh, your siblings, brothers and sisters, things like that. Um, if you have a relatively long life expectancy in your family, meaning over the age of 85, let's say the average is over the age of 85, uh, and you're in good health, then my recommendation is to maybe plan on a 25 or a 30 year retirement uh, because you might, that's exactly what you might be looking at. My father, for instance, had a 33 year retirement. And, and the only reason he was able to manage throughout that is because he had social security and a pension because he was a union guy. Um, but if he didn't have that pension, he would have, he would have had a very, a very much, you know, his standard of living would have not been that great. Sure. And, and so those of us that don't have a pension, we have to put away other, set up other accounts so we have that extra source of income. Right. And I mean, obviously, that's where the 401k comes in. And, and you know, I was talking with somebody today, they were asking about a 401k. And and I've done a lot of reading. And so, you know, Ted Banna sort of uncovered the 401k. And it was never intended to be this be-all, end-all retirement savings tool. No, no. It, it, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that any account really is. Um, you know, it's just, it's a supplemental account, right? Is right. the way that I look at it. And I think that's the best way to look at all these accounts. For instance, social, social security, you know, a lot there, are, there's about a third, this, everything that I see shows about 35% of the population, um, 35% of the social security recipients 
that that's their only source of income. And, and so the average check, uh, I want to say is in the $1,300 range, maybe 1400. Yep. You know, so that is, you know, uh, I, I think if that's your only source of income guys, you're, you're probably not going to be as happy as you could be right. If you had other sources of income. So the, the social security really should be less than half. Uh, I, I think of it as a third to keep it simple, you know? So I, I suggest that people, whatever your social security is, uh, try to f- try to put together double that amount of income from other sources, and 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 then we just work our way backwards and see you know depending on your age how much you have to save or if you or if you're already retired then maybe we have to dial back some of uh, some of the things that you want to spend money on, but those are tough choices, right? I mean, do, do you want to give up golf, you know, or do you want to give up traveling? Uh, I th- I think you know the answer is of course not. Nobody wants to do that, you know. So my job is to help you accomplish all those goals. Um, and, and to make sure that your money lasts a lifetime. And there's a lot of ways you can do it, but I would think I would suggest the first thing is take money from those regular accounts, not the retirement accounts first. Let get, get the biggest tax benefit that you know from the other accounts by letting them grow. Well, again, I think that's one of the advantages or probably the biggest advantage to working with an advisor, a fiduciary independent advisor like you, Kevin, is that you know, you can help us see things a little differently because quite frankly, you know, if you got a 401k, all right, maybe you got a brokerage account and maybe, maybe you've been contributing to a Roth and, and you're looking at all this stuff and go, what the heck, what do I do? <laughs> and the good news is <laughs> you can help us understand what we should do and give us some options. You know what? That's, that's exactly right. You know, and, 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 and that's why you want to have a good long-term solid relationship with your advisor, right? Just, just like I would think you'd want the same thing, let's say if you have an attorney or if you have an accountant or, or anybody else that you work with, you know, you want to have a good relationship so you know each other, you trust each other, and, and, and you don't have to spend any time or concern worrying about, you know, whether their intent is, is to truly help you uh, because, because you, know, you, you know that it is. And, and so uh, I think that's one of the benefits. But a lot of things that advisors do, you know, there's, for instance, what I, what I suggest to everybody is I'm happy to give you my opinion on anything financial. You know, in other words, it's not just about investments. You know, clients will call me up and they're looking at buying, you know, getting a different form of insurance. It could be auto insurance or car insurance, uh, sorry, auto insurance or homeowners insurance, anything like that. And, and I don't, you know, I don't sell those guys. I just, but I want to help you make sure, you know, that I can do everything I can to help you save money where I can help you save and, and to spend it as wisely as possible. Right. Um, you know, so any number of topics, financial, those are things you should be able to talk to your advisor about whether or not they're getting directly compensated for that type of uh, advice uh, shouldn't be an issue. And, and, and if you've got somebody that's nickel and diming you for those sorts of things, maybe it's time to look for somebody else. Well, that's what I was going to get to that, because sometimes I think if we work with an advisor, maybe in our you know late 30s, early 40s or into our 40s, that person is helping us acquire and build. And to make right. that transition, you know, you know, it's kind of like breaking up with a girl. It's, it's difficult <laughs> it's- sometimes, but you got to do it. And it, and no, nobody likes doing it, right? No, of course not. <laughs> and, it's never easy. And, <laughs> no, and it's it could be some headaches and some heartache, right? Of course. Uh, you, you know, but the but the fact of the matter is, you know, um, I mean, I'll tell you, pretty much everybody, almost every client that I have, almost everybody I work with, was with a different advisor before before they before we got I got together with them, and uh, and I think that's a lot of the case. A lot of times, you know, they they feel like somebody else is more focused on you know the accumulation of the asset, growing the asset. And that their expertise maybe isn't as much as in, in the distribution of those assets, because that's that's one of the big things that's mentally hard for a lot of folks is that you've been working on saving and growing and building and putting everything away for like 40 years, 45 years in a lot of cases. And now we're going to tell you to start spending it. And, and, and that can be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. 
And, and so one of the things that we can help you with is we can go through and we can run projections. We can, we, we, um, you know, we talked about stress testing your portfolio uh, on, I think it was last week's show or sure. recently we talked about it. Yep. And, and, and those are some hypothetical situations we can put your portfolio through, you know, to say what happens if another 2008, 2009, what if we have another housing crisis? What's that? How could that possibly impact my, your portfolio? And I think it's enlightening when you can see that and, and because it's going to help you figure out whether maybe you're taking too much risk in your portfolio or, or maybe you're not taking enough. I've seen other cases where people are too conservative and they're not giving them a chance. They're not giving themselves a chance to really grow their money because they're just ultra, ultra conservative uh, and they don't realize that there, are, that there are safe alternatives out there that we can grow your money. It's, it's not just the half a percent of interest that you get from your local bank. You can do far better than that on a very, very safe investment uh, chassis. And so there's a lot of different things an advisor can help you with, um, you know, and, and it's not just about the returns. It's also about helping you, you know, with these other issues, maybe helping you avoid a landmine or two along the way. Well, oh boy, wouldn't that be nice to, because it's not, yeah, like you said, it's not always about the investments and, but the, so the market in and of itself is certainly a trigger for folks going, oh my gosh, the market's volatile. Oh my gosh, it's all up. It's all down. It's, it's, I mean, you know, this week is a good example. Oh, right? definitely. definitely. I mean, yeah. my gosh. I mean, after last week, which was mostly down, and now this week, it's, I mean, they were hitting records again. Yes. I mean, what, Wednesday, I think they hit some records? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. No, you're, you're 100% right. And, and, and I've talked about it on the show because, we, you know, the, uh, the trading account that, that, that I started managing last, you know, about a year and a half ago or uh, last summer, um, you know, I was talking about how I was holding cash position. I said was holding higher levels of cash position. Okay. And, and it's because, as I mentioned uh, recently, uh, and this is just from a trading perspective, uh, guys, anyone that's listening is only from a trading perspective. If you're an investor in the market, if you're a long-term investor, keep on doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I mean, stick with it. Uh, uh, I'm, I, and if you'd like to talk about a particular strategy, please give me a call anytime. But if you're putting money into 401k or something like that every week or every month, keep on doing it in the ups and the downs. And I believe you'll be well served over time. What I was talking about is a short-term trading strategy. And, and I, I had raised the levels of cash. And I did that really going back a couple months ago now. Um, and it's because the market was really trading sideways. You know, we had, a, we had a great first, what, maybe through March or April, the market was doing fantastic, up like 20% in the first three, four months. And then it kind of went sideways, you know, all summer long. Um, and small caps had diverged. And, uh, and a lot of the, if we, if, for those of us that look at trading patterns like technical analysis, the market was breaking down. In, in September and October, meaning that it was going below some long-term support levels. And that made it look like we could have a possible correction. And at the same time, you know, we got the increases in the Delta variant of COVID. Um, we don't have this, the, you know, a lot of people are quit have been quitting their jobs in the last couple of months instead of, you know, adding to the employment. So, so, and, and then we had fundamentals of earnings um, that now we're getting into the point where you compare them to last year, the comps aren't going to be quite as good as they were very favorable earlier in the year because it was compared to during the COVID crisis period. So all these things coming together made me get put more cash, right? But like mm -hmm. Steve had said, recently, this last week, all of these things have reversed. All of it has reversed. And, and so the market has literally reversed and is trending back up. We're back up near the high. I want to say the high in the S&P, I think, is 45, 45, wow. plus or minus a few points. Yeah. And, and we're almost there, I believe. I think we closed within maybe 10 or 15 points of that. Right. Or maybe, yeah, exactly. I, I, and so, 
you know, so all of a sudden, you know, just like the stock market does, now everything is now everything is looking rosy. You know, everybody's optimistic. They're saying, you know, and it's also and also you got the political influences too, right? The the dysfunction in Washington, it just seems always just to be never ending. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, and some it, days you know, worse than others. Yeah, right. You know, but but it does look like they're going to pass something like the infrastructure bill. Yep. Uh, what did it pass? That passed partially, and then we've got this this other social spending bill, whatever they're calling it. Uh, so I think those things are looking more favorable, and all of it combined has made the now the market is in what we call a risk on period, and that means you know tech stocks, you know, and the higher risk things is what people are buying right now. And so, but it can get crazy, right? It can get crazy for an investor to know how much should you have in the market that has risk. All right. Um, versus how much you should have in safe products. That's one of the biggest things I would suggest people try to try to think about and consider and figure out how much you should have in each category because the fact of the matter is the market is at a high valuation and there's still some there's still some people out there that are saying, you know, we're going to we could see a 20% drop at any point in time. And and the fact is nobody knows if it's going to happen, um but it it's very possible. So I just want you to imagine we have a 20%, 25% drop in the market, you know, and are you okay with that? And if you're okay with it, then then you've got then you're taking the right amount of risk. If that makes you feel like you want to throw up, all right, maybe maybe we need to, we might need to talk. Okay, have a little conversation. Yeah, let's have a talk and see if there's something we can do to maybe reduce that risk a little bit. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time, can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. Let's talk RMDs for just a second. And, and sure, sure. so is it important to to take money from that 401k or IRA before the RMDs kick in? Is it good it, to get that balance down? You know what? I'm going to say no. I mean, if you, okay. you, you, spent your, you spent your whole life trying to build it up. I mean, I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to, to spend it down. In fact, I think you'd be well served to wait until you have to take it out. Okay, you know, in, other, in, other, in other words, don't, my suggestion, just and I, and I know that doesn't make me the most popular guy at the party here, but- I generally suggest waiting until 70 to claim your social security, especially for if you're a married couple, especially for the higher earner. Um, because uh, when there's all, when, when one, one person passes, the survivor 
is going to be stepped up to the highest of the social security checks between the two of you. They're not going to get both checks. Um, so whoever earns the, whoever has the highest earnings history, uh, I think it's most important for them to wait until you're 70, if possible to claim, uh, and then wait till 72 to start taking those required distributions. Uh, because again, that's guys, that's tax deferred growth. That's money that's growing, that you're not paying taxes on. And, and we've all seen the studies. Um, if you haven't seen the study, by the way, let me know, I can send it to you. Um, but the studies all show that you're far better off and you'll wind up with more money by letting it grow on a tax deferred basis as long as possible. And, and you'll wind up with more money because you haven't been taking money out to pay your tax bill. Okay. All right. So I, I say, leave that money alone. But on the other hand, on the other hand, we were talking before about saying, you know, where should you take it from? And I said, take it from your regular investment account. So that's, that, that's after-tax money that you put into an account, okay? Uh, let's say it's a stock account in brokers, a stock market account. Uh, it's after-tax money, so I'm not and I'm not talking about a Roth. I'm talking about a regular account. We call it a non-qualified account, so it's not a retirement account. Uh, that account, anything that you've had, any assets you've hold, held more than 12 months, more than one year, qualifies as a long-term capital gain, Okay. And a lot of folks that I've talked to lately, I've noticed a lot of people don't realize that you could be in a married, you could be a married couple filing jointly, okay, making over eighty thousand dollars a year, and still pay zero capital gains tax. Okay, explain right. that one to me. All right, so it goes up to eighty, just over eighty. All right, eighty thousand eight hundred. Okay, is the amount of it is the amount of income for this year for twenty twenty one. As long as your income's under that amount, then your capital gains tax rate is zero. So let's say you have. $60,000 in income, all right? And you're sitting on $50,000 in capital gains on something. If you sell the whole thing and you've got a $50,000 gain, that means that first 20 grand is going to be tax free and then the and the following 30,000 would be taxed at 15%. Okay. okay. If that makes if that makes sense. No, to it everybody. makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, these are the kinds of things that that not every like you said, not everybody is aware of that and how no. they can put that to work for them. Yes. And that's what I'm saying, guys. It's, it's 2021, right? It's the end of the year. We know that some people in Congress want to raise taxes. Now, I'm going to say, to be clear, and I'm hearing a lot of rhetoric out there about everybody's freaking out about tax increases. Guys, I have not heard one word about anybody paying a higher tax bill if you make less than half a million dollars a year. Okay, that's first. Um, second, Biden's proposal on capital gains tax increases are if you make over a million dollars a year. Okay. So let's make sure we keep it in perspective. If you are a high income earner like that, um, then by all means, you might, if you are sitting on gains, you might want to look at, we call it tax harvesting. All right. Maybe take some tax, maybe pay, you know, take some profits and pay taxes in 2021 where, you know, the tax rates are right now, but we don't know where they're going to be next year. You know, and, and if you have, if you if your income is below 80 grand and you're married and you filed jointly, you know, and, and at the scenario I just gave a minute ago, if you've got a $50,000 capital gain, if it's a stock, like I said, stock market, maybe just sell part of that position, you know, to keep you because it's based on your total income. So remember that gain that you re, that you realize that's going to count on your income, right? So so if your income is sixty thousand and you take a twenty thousand eight hundred dollar gain, that puts you up to the cap, okay? Mm -hmm. So you won't pay any tax on you won't pay any capital gains tax on it, but if you go over that level then you'd start paying uh, capital gains tax. I love the insight, Kevin. That, that, I mean, that makes so much sense. And, and I'm certainly no expert in this field, but but what you explained makes perfect sense to me. And and I think it will for folks listening. I, You know what? I, I hope that it does. And guys, if, if anybody ever has any questions, you can email me. My email address is kevin at silverleaffinancial.com. 
you know, or you can always just pick up the phone or call me or go on the website and contact me that way. There's any number of ways to reach and I'm, I always return a phone call. Sure. Um, you, you know, so by all means, let me know if you have any questions. I'm happy to go through it. And, and just for the record, I am not a CPA. I am not a tax professional. Um, this information is something that I, you know, I've learned over the years. I've been doing this 31 years. Um, but I always would have to suggest to you to double check it with your CPA or your tax person to see how it affects your situation. 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call to reach Kevin anytime. 800-975-6717. And uh, so as we look at this, we let's talk Social Security for just a second. We talked about it before sure. that it's only going to be 30, 40% of what you're, you're overall income is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think we maybe touched on this briefly last week, but 5.9% for the cost of living adjustment. That seems yes. like good news. That's fantastic. That's awesome news. It's really good news. And and just cross your fingers, okay, not to be Debbie Downer here, but cross your fingers that Medicare doesn't go up that much. Um, Are you hearing anything about that? Because I haven't seen anything yet. You know, I'm hearing, the re that's why I said it actually. actually oh, Steve, okay. All right. Unfortunately, I've heard that the cost increase in the price of your Medicare might offset that in, uh, you know, they pretty much take away the majority. Oh, man, that's <laughs> well, but it's, but we don't know that for sure. right? We don't know that. We don't know that. I'm just saying, you know, hold off on the party balloons and, and the streamers. OK, <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So let's not let's not start celebrating yet. Fair, um, fair enough. And you know, but but it can never set you back. That's one thing. No matter how much Medicare goes up, it can never set you back. So in other words, uh, your standard of living is not supposed to be pushed backwards because of that. Sure. And, and they pretty much ensure that that doesn't happen. Yes, it's a law. It's written in the law. Okay. Well, I mean, good. Yeah. Then so we're not totally screwed. <laughs> no, not, compl not completely. Not com no, no, no. Now, maybe the folks that haven't started, you know, haven't claimed yet, you know, that might be another story. Oh, you so, mean haven't claimed Social Security or not on Medicare? That hasn't claimed Social Security yet because uh, we all heard the trust fund is supposed to be going bust in about another uh, 12 or 13 years, right? Yes. So do you think that, I mean, when you work with people, do you, that haven't taken Social Security yet, do you factor that in and do you kind of put that as part of the plan? I do. I do. In fact, yeah. What we look at, what we, what I always ask to look at is, is the amount of Social Security you're supposed to get at your full retirement age. So we call it, you know, that FRA, they, yep. they abbreviate it. Um, and it's on, and hopefully everybody's gone to the social security website and set up your own online account. Uh, and then you can go in there and you can look at your earnings record, which is the first thing you really want to do folks. You really want to go in there and make sure the earnings record is accurate. And let me tell you something, personal story, hundred percent true is I went in and I, I monitor it for myself and my wife and I don't know what the heck happened, but they missed an entire year of wages for both me and my wife. Wow. And how does that happen? You know, the messed up thing, Steve, is I use a payroll provider. You know, I pay a company to, right. to help with this. So you'd think it would be there. And I would think it had been done properly, right? But yeah. I don't know what the heck happened. But the only reason I caught it is because I was going in there, checking it out, making sure it looked right. And that's when I saw it. Uh, and then I took steps to correct it. And now it's since been corrected. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you know, the other thing is when I did that, it also caused problems with the IRS. Because then the IRS says, oh, hey, Kevin, we noticed you didn't. It doesn't look like you paid this last year. And you told us that you did. And so then they wanted to pay, they wanted to find me, right? Sure. So it, guys, it can turn into a big mess if you're not on it and you don't deal with it right away. So please check it out. Make sure your earnings record and your uh, what they have for your earnings record is accurate. Because if it's not, if they're if they got if they're showing numbers that are less than you actually made, then that means they're, you're going to get a smaller check than you're owed. All right. 
So that has a direct impact on how much the amount of your Social Security check. Better to check that sooner rather than later. And, and I know that no doubt. The, the IRS is pretty much understaffed at this point. And so even dealing with them is, is a bit of a, a bit of a quagmire, oh. if you will. Oh, oh, you know what? True. Still on that same story, how they messed up my Social Security and then I got the IRS. So I sent all the documentation to the IRS. I, I got the appro- you know, the letter. I sent them a letter from the Social Security office that says, hey, we corrected it. Uh, I sent all that to the IRS. And just like you're saying, Steve, I've gotten two letters now from the IRS that says, hey, we're sorry, we're backed up. We still haven't had a chance to look at this. Give us another Damn. 60 days. Oh, okay. Damn. All right. Well, now, and just be prepared, I guess. Else, huh? Oh, but, well, you know what? I hate getting letters. I mean, who, who likes getting a letter from the IRS? No, I hate right? that. It's happened to me a few times. No, it's always I, scary. It's always scary. I hate it. I hate it. It's like, stop it already. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know. hey, i tell you what, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit for for the end of the show here and get to uh, some questions. We've had some questions from listeners, yeah. and, and uh, we haven't done that in a while. So let's uh, – George has checked in from Cave Creek. Uh, he says, cool. I'm turning 68 in January. I'm currently employed, putting 20000 per year into my 401K. He says that's the max he can do right now. I, I plan on working to the age of 70. I'm considering taking my Social Security when I turn 68. He says that'll be about $3,100 a month, using that to max out his 401k contributions and then put the maximum deposit into his Roth, the remainder into a savings account. He's wondering, does that make sense? Is that a good idea? Oh, well, you know what, George? Appreciate the question. And, uh, well, I tell you what, I can tell you you've given it some thought because I yeah. haven't actually had, you know, I haven't, I haven't had this specific question. And it's very, it's intriguing, I'll admit. Um, but I, I'm going to suggest that you still wait to collect that social security because depending on where you're putting that money into your, you know, your 401k, presumably that's going into sub accounts and stocks and bonds in the market. Right. Um, and, and if you're doing the, the same in your other accounts, then what I'm getting at is there's a chance you could lose money. Right. And, and if those are accounts that have risk, you could lose money and the social security comparatively is guaranteed to go up at least, you know, between seven and 8% per year. And, and so what I routinely recommend to folks is, is to wait as long as you can on Social Security in large part because there is not an account anywhere in the United States that is a legitimate, truly guaranteed account that's paying you anywhere near 7 or 8% a year. And just go to your bank and see what they're offering on a CD. You'll be lucky to find one even at 2%. And, and so as long, that's actually, this is actually something that I've been asking myself if the Social Security, if the, if the politicians are going to change, because one of the easiest things I don't know. I shouldn't say easy. One of the most obvious things to change that would really help the solvency of the program would be to reduce the amount that your benefit grows every year, right? It's growing at 8% when Fed, when 30-year treasuries are at 2. It, it, it's out of sync. And, and I'm hope, believe me, I'm not advocating for this. I'm hoping they don't do it. Um, but it seems to me it'd be a very, it, it, that'd be like something they could get, they could pass. They could pass it and then they could justify it by, because it's so far out of whack with current interest rates. Um, so what I, so going back to the question of, uh, whether you should do that, I'm going to say to wait, uh, to try to max out your 401k and put the, put funds in those other accounts with other money. And I'm going to recommend that you wait to collect until you're 70 because you're guaranteed to get another 15 or 16% increase in the amount of that monthly check. I love asking these kinds of questions, uh, Kevin, because I can see the wheels turning. I mean, you, you like putting these puzzles together. That's what you do. I, it is what I do. And it's, and I, and, and I like the question, George It's very intriguing. Um, you know, cause depending on your assumptions, right. It depends on your assumptions about what that money that you're taking out, what's it going to grow to, because obviously you're not thinking you're going to lose money. Right. 
Um, you know, but you got to face it. You got to face unless you're talking about putting it into something, you know, a bank CD, I guess. But, um, you know, most 401ks don't have an option like that. Uh, so so I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that he wants to go in the stock market. But, yeah, it's intriguing. I like solving these puzzles. And in this case, I'm going to stick with the guarantee versus versus putting more money in the market when markets are at elevated levels. All right. Well, that makes sense. George, uh, uh, you can call Kevin, 800-975-6717, or visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Set up a time to sit down with Kevin and go through that and let uh, let the wheels turn for Kevin and put that puzzle all together. Let- there, there you go. You know what, you know what, George, one thing I would add is, is I'm, I'm also presuming there's good longevity in your family that people have lived on average past the age of 85 and that you're in good health. Okay. Um, all right. That, that's my disclaimer. If, if, if somebody thinks that they might not survive past the age of 80 or 81 or 82, that's generally the break even point for waiting until you're 70 to collect Social Security. All right. Fair enough. I like it. Um, all right. Steve is in Scottsdale, and he is wondering, uh, he says, starting in 2010, my spouse has acquired four separate 401k plans from employers in three states. Is it possible to combine all these 401k plans into one? Uh, well, you, you know what? It, it is possible to combine them all into one, and it's also possible to roll them over to an IRA in which you can combine as many retirement accounts as you'd like. So my suggestion would be to evaluate opening an IRA, an individual IRA account and uh, transferring uh, those 401ks, those old 401ks into your IRA, because that gives you the most investment choices. Um, as far as if you wanted to roll it into a, a, for, a current 401k, typically they will do that, but you really check with your plan provider uh, to see the specific rules of your plan, because not all 401ks will allow you to do that. A lot of them do, but, but not all of them. And again, I think what you suggested in terms of putting that into an IRA, and again, going from a 401k to an IRA, in this case, where, where it's just that orphan 401k, that's not a tax event. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's, no. it's, it's just automatic. I mean, it, it just goes. Yeah, you just have to make sure you follow the right procedure, okay? And that's why one of the reasons it's important. A good advisor can walk you through it and help you take care of it, no problem at all. Um, but that would be a direct transfer, okay? So the 401k, we want the money to go directly straight from the 401k provider directly into the into the IRA account at, at the new institution. In other words, don't have them send you a check and then cash it and 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 play with the rollover for 60 days. You can do that, but if you do that more than one time in a year, then all the other rollovers are taxable. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, all right. that that solves that problem. Plus, so I that, would be it, nervous if they just sent me a check and I I, I would just it, be nervous. <laughs> you know, a lot of people yeah, I I don't I just you know just I don't because a lot of people used to do it that way. It's very it's very common um, because the government used to allow unlimited rollovers and, and they would treat them all, you know, with the same. None of them would be taxed if you did it properly within 60 days. Sure. But that changed that changed a few years ago. And a lot of people, most people that I meet don't didn't know, don't uh, aren't aware of that. Sure. All right. Well, there you go, Steve. 800-975-6717 or visit silverleaffinancial.com. And you can find it, reach Kevin that way. Let's see. Let's do one more before we call it a show. Um, sure. Gene is in Peoria and says, what are my options if I am locked into a variable annuity contract? I'm 67 years old, planning to retire next year. And I've had this annuity for just over 10 years. Why well, it seems like that seems awkward it's, to me. You know, Gene, that I, I appreciate that question. And um, you know what? I'd, I'd be happy to talk to you about it in more detail because the first thing I'm asking, you say you're locked in, but if you've had it 10 years, uh, most companies, most of the annuities, the surrender charges are gone after 10 years. Uh, so unless you get into a longer term contract, um, you know, but so we want to take a look at it and see if, in fact, there aren't any more charges. But I'll tell you the other thing that I've run into 
um, a lot of times the, the those those contracts could have let's say a death benefit that's higher than the actual account value, um, or it might have an income component to it too that might be paying you a set amount of income. So so we'd really have to get more information, um, you know, before before I could tell you exactly what all of your options are. Sure. Um, some of them have income guarantees. And we need to see if that's important to you, if it's worth paying for it, because there are fees associated with it, um, you, you know, but but there are things you can do if, if there aren't any charges and you're not interested in any of those other benefits or they're not attached to your policy. Um, then there's definitely many options we could we could transfer to roll it over into into a lot of different other types of accounts. Uh, but I also don't know whether this is regular money or retirement money. So so in this case, with your question, I just I can't fully answer it because we really need more information before I can give you the best answer. Um, but there are possibilities of what you can do for sure. Well, we've had conversations before, Kevin. I know you're not a huge fan of, of variable annuities to begin with. No, I'm really not. You know, I, I and and I, and I did do some of them early in my career um, when there were far less alternatives. You know, this is back in the '90s. Um, you know, but there's many, many more alternatives now than ever existed before. And the fact of the matter is, uh, I, I believe I can do a better job with with index annuity contracts that offer guarantees and safety but don't have anywhere near the fees that a lot of variable contracts have. And, and so that's a case where to me, I, I have a hard time justifying the fees and expenses that they're charging on these policies. Sure. So, I mean, bottom line is uh, Gene could come in and if it's fixable, you'll help him fix it. Oh, by all means, I'll tell you the pros and the cons. And, the, and then we figure out, you know, what's best for you and, and go from there. And by, by the, and by the way, there's no charge. I never charge guys for, for any consultation. I don't charge for phone calls and there's never an obligation either. Um, some folks I've talked to for over a year before they started. So I'm happy to go as fast or as slow as anybody would like. Well, I know you've said before that sometimes people will listen to the show for a long time before they actually pick up the phone and call, or, or maybe they've yeah. called a couple of years ago and now yes. they decide something triggers it and they're on the phone to you. Yeah, that, 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 ha that definitely happens. It happens quite a, quite a bit actually. And, and, and usually it's some sort of event, you know, usually that life had, I've had people that have, that have received my newsletter for years before they call me and before we sit down. And, and um, it's usually something happens like they get an inheritance or something like that. And, and, uh, and, and they're looking for some solutions. And, and so I understand if there's no need at the present time, just hang on to the material and, and reach out, uh, reach out when you'd like. How do we get that newsletter, Kevin? Oh, just, you know what, go to my website and, and just send me an email or just give me a call. I'm happy to, I'm happy to put you on the list. Right. It's still the old, it's the old fashioned once a month mail newsletter. I like it. It's not one of those three times a week and this update for that. I like that. No, Once a month, no, no. it's predictable. You know what's coming, and it's going to be jam-packed with great information. It is, and it's an easy read. It's just four pages, you know, probably 15 minutes, and, and, and you're done. But I've tried to give you a couple ideas that you can benefit, you know, you can use. I like it. 800-975-6717. Give Kevin a call or just visit silverleaffinancial.com. Well, Kevin, as always, I enjoy our conversations. This is one of my favorite times of the week. Oh, perfect. You know what? I always, I always enjoy this too, Steve. And, and guys, just if, if you've got a long-term investment plan, you're putting your money away, just stick to it. Stick to it and, uh, and, and don't take that money out for anything other than your own retirement. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment, security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, members FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.